to give it up for Reese. Defeated the big man. All right, without further ado, we're going to get rolling tonight, and our speaker's on his way right now. Uh, one of my best friends, a new student pastor, one of the newest student pastors on staff. Can you give it up for Jeremy Shirley? Wow, that was awesome. How's it going, everybody? Oh, man. This is my first time. I was a little nervous up here. What's going on? All right, so I know you guys are thinking, who is this new guy? And what is his story? Where does he come from? What's his favorite type of food? So I'm not going to answer any of those questions tonight. But as we go on, I will sh share more of my story. But real quick, I do want to introduce you to my family. Can you guys bring them up real quick? My family? Three, two, one, go. There's my family. Everybody say, oh, thank you. Thank you. Make me feel better. Cool. I love her, too. She's amazing. I'm, I'm going to tell you a, a good story about her in a minute. Uh, all right, so real quick, this is Israela. Everybody say Israela. Uh, awesome. You spell that Israel with an A. We made it up, um, and we patented it. You cannot use it unless you pay a very handsome donation to PastorShirleyRocks.org, and I will gladly let you use those rights. A little corny joke for an old man. I'm, I'm getting used to this young stuff here, so give me some grace. Uh, anyway, so Israela is the apple of daddy's eye. She is amazing. She's got an amazing personality, absolutely nothing like me, absolutely nothing like her mom. We're still trying to figure out where her personality is, but uh, we were with some really good friends this weekend. I won't tell you who they were, Pastor Trent, Pastor Tori, anyway, we are with them this weekend, and, and, um, um, and uh, we had a lot of fun with them, and uh, I'm probably going to spill the beans here, and I'm just only making this up as I go, Trent, so don't hurt me later, but um, after he was hanging out with Israela, he looked over to Tori, and he said, yep, I want one. Yeah. <laughs> right, Trent? <laughs> All right, so that's Israela. Everybody say Jaden. Okay, Jaden is that stud right there. He is seven years old. He is in first grade. And he is, and he, yep, there we go. Oh. Anyway, he's in first grade, and, uh, and he is all dad. Um, he's, he's all dad, all hyper, all crazy, and uh, a, little, a little corny, as you guys just noticed a little bit. Uh, but he's, he's, he's a good boy, and he's a lot of fun. Um, so we were with uh, those friends this weekend. I won't say their name again. Pastor Trent, the story. And uh, anyway, they, uh, they said, um, uh, I was like, uh, Jaden's nose is, is definitely mine too. And Abby started fighting it. She's like, no, 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 it's not. And then uh, Miss Tori, thank you, Miss Tori piped up and said, nope, it's all dad. So he is all, he's all dad. Uh, so, and then that, my beautiful wife, that's Abby. Everybody say Abby. Okay, Abby is awesome. I know you guys are all thinking this one thing when you see Abby next to me. And that is, how did he get her, right? So I'm going to tell you this one story that we had. So, uh, so I was a transfer sophomore from Palm Beach Atlantic University, and uh, she was going in as a freshman. And when you're there for your first week, you have to, you have to go to this, this thing. It's the very first week. It's called Welcome Week, and that's where you get to know all the uh, – New students, and because that was a transfer, I got to go, and I looked three rows behind me, and I saw Abby for the first time, and, um, and I said to myself this, I was like, how, how am I going to get her, right? 
So I thought of this amazing, brilliant idea. I probably never had the most brilliant idea in my life. I probably never will to this day what I was going to do. I said, I am going to surround myself with all of her friends. I am going to get to know her, and I am not going to say a word to her. Classic act, play hard to get, and it worked. Did it work, babe? It worked. It worked. It worked, it worked. So thank you for that. But I was a little nervous. I was hoping. Anyway, hey, side note to you future guys real quick, okay? Playing hard to get after you get married does not work. The couch is not, is not your best friend. <laughs> it's not your best friend. So real quick, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to come here. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this time. Please, students, Father, I just ask that you'll come. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'll come. Father, I pray that I will step out of the way and, Jesus, you'll step in the way and, and that you'll speak to these students tonight and that you open up our ears and open up our minds, Father, to what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to get right into it. Here's the big idea tonight. The big idea is God is on a relentless pursuit to take what is broken in your life and make it right. We're going to go through uh, Luke 15. If you got your Bibles, turn to Luke 15, chapter 1. Uh, but before I go into that, I want to read something to you, and that is Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. To sum it up, God's word is alive, and it speaks to us. So as I was going through Luke 15. I've been, I've been on this journey since Christmas, and I've been reading uh, Luke. I read the Christmas story during Christmas time, and I'm like, I'm just going to continue and just see what God does. And uh, two months later, I still was in Luke 15. Um, and I want to say something about that. So don't, like the Bible, it's, 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 it's a lot. It's very, very deep, okay? Take your time, right? It's not about getting to the end of the chapter or the end of the Gospel of Luke. It's about it's about the journey that you have in between. And I'll be honest with you, this is one of the first time that God's word really came alive. But I mean that, when I say what I mean that is, God spoke to me deeply through it. And I'm going to share the story with you. Um, but I want to let you know the exact same power that was in that moment where God spoke to me, you guys have access to. All right? God can speak to you through his word Take your time and ask him, God, I, this doesn't make any sense. And I want you to explain this to me, and he will. And he did in this moment, and it's awesome. So Luke 15, we'll start, but real quick, um, it starts out with Jesus. Uh, so, excuse me, start out uh, verse 1. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So remember what Miss Julia talked about last week with the tax collectors, right? The tax collectors were no bueno to the Jewish people, even so to the religious leaders of the law at the time. So the tax collectors worked for the Roman government, so they took from the Jews and they gave to the Roman government, and in between they obviously had to pay themselves too, so they sometimes would take more, a lot of times would take more, so the Jewish people despised them completely, especially the religious law teachers, and they saw Jesus with him the entire time, and they said, why? This is making us frustrated. So 
Jesus told them this story. So he saw what was going on. He piped up, and he told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he found it, he will joyfully carry it, it home on his shoulders. So when I was reading that, I was thinking, we have a dog. All right, I'm introducing the whole family tonight. Here's the dog. The dog, I got a picture of him. His name is Achilles. He's not that cute once I tell you the story. Um, has anybody watched the movie Marley and Me? Yeah, he's, okay, if you haven't, go watch it. Uh, he's worse than Marley. Um, so anyway, so we have a dog. His name is Achilles, which is kind of funny and ironic. We did not think about the outcome when we named that name. We were like, let's name him like some Greek warrior. And I was like, Achilles. And then as we were walking him down the street, I was like, Achilles, heal, right? We did not, no, I'm being serious. It sounds really quirky, but it's legit. And then the light came on, and it was like, you knucklehead, you just named your dog Achilles, and when you tell him to heal, everybody's going to look at you like you're crazy. Legit, legit story, legit story, but we, we liked it so much we didn't. So here's, here's the challenge, here's the challenge with Achilles. Uh, so Abby and I met West Palm Beach, okay? Has anybody been to West Palm Beach? Raise your hand if you've been to West Palm Beach, okay? It is the ritzy of the ritzy of the ritz. Case in point, Donald Trump has a huge house there with a bunch of Rolls Royces, all right? So you can imagine a dog like Achilles, like he was. Uh, he's big. He's 100-plus pounds. He would go, and he would get loose, right? Just like the shepherd and the sheep, the sheep would go get loose, right? Uh, so I would run around Palm Beach screaming at him and Abby because it was her dog, right? That's ironic how that works. And uh, there would be Rolls Royces driving by, and I would be thinking, Oh my goodness, if this massive dog hit a Rolls Royce, what would happen to me? <laughs> but God was gracious. <laughs> God was good, and he did not hit any cars, at least those cars. He did one time hit a car. He hit the car, not the car hit him. That's how crazy this dog is. But that's another story for another time. But I would tell you this, when I would get him back, I would then put him on my shoulders because I didn't want to drag the dog a half a mile down the road back to my house, right? So here's a picture that Abby took of me when I was young, okay? And I was not doing anything silly to all you judgmental people out there. I was just simply smiling, okay, and a little bit upset. It was trying hard to smile at the dog that was there. And you're probably thinking, wow, he was really skinny. And yes, it's true. I, I was a lot skinnier than I was then. But anyway, so I would put him on my shoulders, but I promise you I was not joyful at all. But as Jesus was telling this story, right, he says that the shepherd joyfully carried him home. So when we continue to read, read about it, it says, when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Time out. I don't like this. All right, so God... Jesus is giving this story in saying that there is more rejoicing in heaven over one lost sinner who repents than the 99 others that don't. Okay, so the world that I come from, um, I, those of you probably don't know this, but I was in the business world the last eight years. When you hit 99%, all right, it was pretty good. You were celebrating, right? So when you get a test and you get 99%, okay, unless you're crazy, 
which we can pray for you later, uh, all right? A 99% is really, really good, right? Okay? So when I'm reading this, I'm like, God, I don't understand the 99 here. You're focused on the one, not the 99. And I said, God, why? And his word came alive, and he said to me, Jeremy, remember Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither my ways, your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Okay, God, I get it. You have a different way of thinking. You think about that one. You think about that one. So that's point number one. God's way is, of thinking is different than ours. It's different from the world. We're going to continue reading Luke 15. We're going to start at verse 8. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully for it until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels, even when one sinner repents. And I asked him again, God, okay, why the one coin and all this rejoicing over one? And God said to me, he said, Jeremy, this is my heart. And you're learning, you're learning who I am. 1 Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. As some people think, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Point number two, God's heart is to have a relationship with us. That's his heart. The relationship with the one sheep was broken. He dropped everything and went out to the wilderness to find it. The one coin was lost. He turned on the lights and searched it throughout the night and found it, and there was rejoicing. Why? Genesis 2, let us make man in our image. God wanted a relationship with us. And every single day he walked in the cool with Adam. And every single day he pursued Adam and Adam pursued him. Pursued him. And that is why God, God does this and he fights for it because he wants a relationship with us. Let's continue to read Luke 15. Uh, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before I die. So time out. So let's paint this picture real quick with Jesus, okay? So Jesus in the very beginning talks about a shepherd and a sheep, okay? So for those of you who don't know this, and it's totally okay, I just figured this out two weeks ago when I was doing this message, right, is the shepherds were the lowliest of lowliest of lowliest in the class system in the Jewish culture back in the first century, all right? So Jesus is with sinners, right? And the religious teachers of the time are accusing him saying, you're you're with sinners and you're with tax collectors. Who are you? And so he pipes up and tells a story about the lowliest of lowliest and what the lowliest of lowliest would do and compares it to a story of his father. Then he talks about a woman, okay? In first century culture, women were not looked highly upon. And as I was reading this, the Lord was telling me, Jeremy, this is how I feel about women. Even my son talked to him about a bunch of people who did not think women were right, and I talked to him about it anyway. Remember that, ladies, right? There is no difference between men and women in the kingdom of heaven. So, thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies, for the encouragement. (laughs) 
But here's where Jesus puts the kibosh on the situation and drops the whole mic. He's like, okay, you don't care about shepherds. Okay, you don't care about women. Well, let me tell you something what you're going to care about. Let's pretend you were a father and you had a son. And, he son, and he, the son said to you, Dad, I want the share of your, your estate before you die. Translation, Dad, I wish you were dead. You better believe that he got those religious leaders' attentions, right? Okay, you don't care about women, you don't care about shepherds, boom. How about if you were a dad and your son said you wish you were dead, right? So as Jesus is talking through this, he continues reading. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money on wild living. Translation, Junior went to Vegas. Right? You guys are amazing up front. Nobody else is laughing at my humor. I'm laughing inside. My wife thinks I'm funny, so that's all that matters, I guess. So, anyway, he persuaded, thank you, thank you, thank you. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. Next translation, this was becoming a really long hangover. Right? Uh, one of those. That's what's going on here. All right. And when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, he said, at home, even the hired servants I have, or my father had, had enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as your hired servant. All right, so let's recap what Junior's done so far. Right? Junior said, Dad, I wish you were dead. Junior took his dad's inheritance. He wasted it all on wild living. Junior started feeding the pigs all right, and not getting anywhere and starving. So now he's coming to his senses and saying, okay, I'm just going to tell my dad I'm going to be one of his servants. He's got to take me back. I want to ask you this. Would your father take you back? All right. I was even thinking about this with my son. I'm like, would I do that? But guess what? Your heavenly father would take you back. In fact, this is what he said. So when he turned home to his father, and while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said, Servants, quick, right? So the father cut him off and said, no, 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 quick, all right? So I was thinking about this. Why, 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 why was it, why did you do this, all right? Why what was it like this? And, and, and the Lord said to me, Jeremy, the father knew the son. That's why he was looking for him a long way off. He knew he was going to come home. And, and he knew what his son was going to say, and he interrupted and said, no, 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 I, no, quick. Let me interrupt you. Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he was found. Wow. So then the party began, right? What Jesus talked about, the party in heaven. So the party began. The older brother came back and he heard the music and the singing and the dancing and he asked his servant what's going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. 
His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I slaved for you and never once, ref never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And all that time, you never gave me one young goat for a feast with my friends. How many of you have a sibling that always gets everything? Right? Well, this is what the older brother thought. This guy gets everything. Dad, he basically told you he wanted you dead, and you bring him back and throw a party. Let's continue reading. And he says, yet this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, and you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate this day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but he was found. Wow. Wow. Okay. This is crazy. I'm going to go ahead and call Pastor Caleb up. This is an amazing, beautiful story. See, if you look at this, out of all the people that got hurt, who got hurt the most? The son? Nope. The brother? Nope. The sheep? Definitely not. The other sheep? Nope. The father got hurt the most in this whole entire thing. But here's what drove me crazy is I asked God, again, I don't understand why the 99? How come the oldest didn't get anything too? Where is the promise of faithfulness? God, why do I, why do I have to remain faithful? Because from what you're telling me in this story right now is I can go and I can do whatever I want. I can go to Vegas and go crazy. I can go out and party. I can go and and live an impure life with my boyfriend or girlfriend, I can go out and do whatever I want, but yet you'll take me back. So where, where is the faithfulness at? Where is the crazy story? And God said to me, Jeremy, what was the ending? And I read the last verse. When the father said, son, you have always stayed by me, and everything that I have, everything that I have is yours. Right? Think about that for a second. That's the promise of faithfulness. That when we are faithful, when we don't go away from the 99, when we don't become a lost coin, when we don't tell our parents or our Heavenly Father that we wish you were dead, he's like, no, here's the reward. is everything that I have is yours. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills. He created this entire universe. And he's giving us that promise for faithfulness. So to recap... God's way of thinking is different than ours. God's heart is to have a relationship with us. And the last point is God rewards the faithful. Right? Okay, so I don't understand. Why, why, why? Why does he reward the faithful? Why does he go out and cause the sheep or, and find the lost sheep? Why, why, why? And I'll tell you this. Like I said in the beginning, God is on a relentless pursuit to take what's broken in your life and to make it right. I want you guys to stand up and come forward. We're going to worship here in a minute. I want to say a couple things and pray over you. So again, God is on a relentless pursuit to take what is broken in our lives and make it right. In fact, one could say that he is actually, 
He's actually reckless about it. Not that God himself is reckless, but that he is reckless in pursuit of loving us. So the other day I went and looked at this definition of reckless. Reckless is a person without thinking or caring about the consequences of an action. That's the whole point. He doesn't care. He's completely unconcerned with the consequences of his actions regarding his own safety, comfort, and well-being. He loved us so much that he completely bankrupted heaven to point to where he gave his life so that we can have this chance to run back to him. So there's three of you guys here tonight. Three people. The first one is, I don't know Jesus like I think I did or I thought I did. I've heard about the story. I don't know who he is, but I love this story about a sheep and how he goes after me and the story of a son. And you're that person that's decided that, you know what, despite what all the world tells me about who Jesus is, I'm going to choose him tonight. I'm going to give my life to him. That is why we're here. That is what I did a long time ago. That is what many of the leaders here have done. So I want everybody to, to bow their heads and close their eyes. We're going we're gonna to have a point right now of decision where we all need to make a decision. So, so Pastor Jeremy, I don't know who Jesus is, and I want to follow him right now. I want everybody to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, tonight I ask you to be my Savior. I confess you as Savior of the world. Come into my life. Save me, change me, mold me, love me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, with everybody's heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you just did that for the first time, I just want, I just want you to raise your hand. On a count of three, one, two, three, raise your hand for the first time. God bless you guys. All right, the second person that's here tonight. Again, guys, keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Pastor Jeremy, I'm, I'm the lost sheep. I dabble back and forth between this God thing and this Jesus thing and giving my life. If you looked at my life right now, you would probably see that I'm not somebody that follows Jesus. I party on the weekends with my friends. I'm really confused about my identity. I come from a broken home. I need help. I'm hopeless. I'm in the wilderness. I need something in my life to change right now. I just want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for these students right now that confessed, that confessed they're that one sheep in the wilderness, God. Lord, I pray right now in the power of the Holy Spirit that they will make the decision tonight to drop what they're doing and go find you in the wilderness. Father, I pray that they'll change their life and that they'll remain faithful to the very end and that the promise of what you said about everything being ours is on their life because they ran hard and sought hard after you. So there's a third group of people tonight. That is, Pastor Jeremy, I've been faithful. I know Jesus. I'm pure. I don't party. 
but I just don't feel him right now. I don't understand why I need to be faithful. I want to go live my own life. I need encouragement. I want you to raise your hand for me. One, two, three. Raise your hand. I'm faithful, but I need, I need to be restored. I need encouragement. I'm going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these students that are here tonight. Father, I pray right now that you'll encourage them. I pray in this song, Father, that they'll be reminded that you are reckless for them, God, that you love them so, so, so much, and that you sent your son to come here and to save all of us, God, and I pray that they will not walk away from this place tonight, not confessing that they know you, Father, and declaring that you are God. And that you are relentless and you are on a pursuit to take whatever's broken in us in our lives, God, and make it right. I pray in the name of Jesus that right now that we worship you with all our voices, with all our might. And that we don't forget how awesome that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.